This is Luke Walton Talks Lakers. I'm Jonathan Gilly, and joining us as always from our studio in Los Angeles, it's Luke, Coach Walton. What up, Coach? What up, John? Uh, we're still the 2020 NBA champs. That has not changed since last time we spoke. And through some, I don't know if it's a miracle or tragedy, basketball games are starting again this week. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on which team you are, I guess. Yeah, yeah seriously. Uh, I want to thank all of our followers for joining us uh, as we uh, look ahead to the season. Just finished up preseason, um, super short preseason, and invite you to subscribe to our pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're enjoying it, please share it with your friends. It's the best way we can grow. And throw us a comment maybe on iTunes or something like that would be awesome. You can check us out on social media at LukeWaltonTalksLakers.com. So uh, you guys can join us on hopefully a back-to-back title run. I like to think of it as the, you know, part two of the three-peat. Love it. <laughs> Look, man, we won the title, right? We got to get the, we got to get the uh, arrogance back. Yeah. And, and LeBron and AD, they signed long-term. So, hey, man. I, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I guess I wasn't even going to bring that up because I'd kind of like forgotten it in the wealth of, uh, you know, signings we've had in the last month since we talked. But yeah, yeah we re-signed like the two best players in the NBA for right. another few years. <laughs> yeah, two all NBA first team players. And at arguably like the the best two way players because they're because of their size. Like, I know that some people think like, you know, Giannis or Kawhi is are like the best two way contracts. But I don't know. i I'm obviously biased, but I feel like LeBron and AD, just what you get from them, how do you replicate that? They're bigger, stronger, better. Look, man, I took Anthony Davis number two overall in our fantasy basketball draft. You so lucky fool. I put my money where my mouth is. Listen, I'm going to love roasting you for picking two Clippers this, hey man, this, this whole season. You I picked no Clippers and no you. Celtics. <laughs> I got a squad led by James Harden with my seventh pick, so... That, uh, I, I could it, not believe he fell that far. That one picture is totally responsible for that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Fat Harden, baby. I'm going to ride him to the fantasy f- basketball championship. You, you probably will. There's no other picture <laughs> of him where he looks like that except that <laughs> one picture. It's Fat Harden is, the, um, is like the universe balancing out Buff Caruso. <laughs> My favorite thing I saw was someone used one of those like face swap things yeah. and made... Uh, a gif of the scene from the Tim Allen Santa Claus movie where he shaves and then looks up and gets fat and his beard goes back. <laughs> yeah. But they put James Harden's face on that. <laughs> and it was like, is James Harden Santa Claus? <laughs> well, man, let's let's get into some in and out. There's there's a bunch that has happened just over the course of this very, very short um, preseason. So let's like let's just run through some stuff. Yeah, let's do it. So, Luke, uh, in or out? THT is for real. He's for real, man. And I want to get into this deeper, uh, you know, when we get at, out of in or out. But I am so in on THT, especially on ball. I don't know if he's as for real as an off ball, low minute, low usage player. Put the ball in that dude's hands. Let him go to work. He's got giant arms, giant hands. He can pass around traffic. Yes. And like he just has a feel for getting to the rim in like a very video game, <laughs> almost surreal <laughs> look. So like, and don't take my word for it. Take, you know, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> saying, How old is he? How old is that kid? <laughs> yeah. So he's for real. He's for real. Yeah. I mean, his wraparound passes in these preseason games, there were a couple of them was just like, do you have like extendo arms? I don't know how you oh, totally. got that around multiple defenders. <laughs> Totally. And and I and I feel all the like, way out to the three point line, too. Like, yeah, exactly. Completely. And like, no, no chance that anybody was going to even touch it because they couldn't anticipate that kind of a passing angle from a guard. Um, yeah, we'll, I, we'll dig into it more. But yeah. I feel like it's really similar to how AC was uh, Caruso. And everybody thought the Lakers were just being fanboys and, you know, hyping one of their own, which is totally cool to do. But you guys saw he was a starter in the NBA finals. And we won that game by like 30 points. And he was a big part of that. THT's for real. We'll get into more reasons why. It's not just a fanboy thing. I don't think it's just a preseason aberration. 
there's something there. Totally. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in for sure on this one. I'm really excited. Well, again, like you said, we'll get into it more, but the thing that I'm excited about is like, I think that he could be an option for us when like the offense just kind of bogs down a little bit. Oh, hell yeah. Remember last season? And it's like, we don't really care about defense as much in whatever that, that scenario Mm -hmm. of the game is, but we just like need someone to come in and like get the juices flowing. Mm -hmm. I really think he could be that guy for us. uh, That kind of like spark plug, especially on a night. If like one of our starters is resting or is out because of COVID or whatever the various things Mm -hmm. we could experience this season are going to be. It's just amazing to have a guy like that who we can trust to like stick in in that moment and, and electrify a little bit. Yeah, and uh, I mean, one of my biggest problems, especially with the f- the first half of the season last year, was our bench offense was just boring. Yeah. Even with AD out there, it was just kind of like hung there, and it was a lot of it was Rondo just dribbling the air out of the ball. Respect to Rondo. Obviously, he came through in the clutch, but the regular season, it was rough. And just that that second unit just didn't have much life. And THT's electric. He, he gets and collapses defenses. He knows how to kick out. Um, and then, uh, with, you know, guys like Kyle Kuzma and AD around him, I mean, and like you saw Marky or you have like Markeith Morris, who's great at setting screens. Um, you have Montrez who's like great at setting screens. These big bodies that Marcus, that guy a little bit. Marcus Saul. Yeah. Talk about a rock, man. He puts man. up a wall. So yeah. And a pick and pop situation too with him. So it's it's just experience with THT, so we just got to get him some minutes. He's going to do some dumb shit, but, like, he's a sophomore 20-year-old. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's a plus player. Like, I, he's not – what he does is going to be better than what he doesn't do. So, And he's a pretty good defender as well. No, yeah, and, and he'll there, make man. strides on that. We our, oh, yeah. it's, our coaching staff has shown that they can coach guys up on that pretty well. For so sure. it's hard to – the biggest thing that's hard to coach somebody up on is, like, the intangibles. That he has. And having a seven-one wingspan, right? Try right. as try as we might, Julius Randall's arms just never got any longer. <laughs> and THT has got is like strong. He's he's like yes. naturally he kind of wants to be a, kind of a fat guy. That was one of the biggest <laughs> knocks on him coming into the draft. Is everybody's like, oh yeah, he's kind of tumpy. But part like of the problem slashing is slashing Boris Diaw. <laughs> <laughs> but like he's he's lean now. He's like clearly he's like built like an NBA player, and he's got he's still strong. Like he's got a really low base. And so when you have like bigger wings guarding a six, four guy that is like pushing two thirty, that's a, that's a pretty good combo. Yeah, for sure. I mean, my last thought on him is getting a couple of these guys, right. Mm-hmm. Right. With, 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 with basically Caruso THT and Kuzma at this, at this point, right. Mm-hmm. Kind of being our homegrown native guys. Yep. Getting a few of those right and being able to sign them to the right kind of extensions is what is crucial for our ability to maintain mm. our window. Mm-hmm. Getting those late picks right mm-hmm. is so, so, so important, right? Yep. Because it either because when you have guys like LeBron and Anthony Davis getting paid, you know, collectively, whatever it is, 50 million plus dollars a year, mm-hmm. right? That's a lot of your cap right there. Oh, yeah. You know, and so being able to get these guys so you can re-sign them with bird rights, go over the cap, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. or have them on tradable contracts if, if you need to do like it just totally. God, it just makes the whole Opens thing so much easier. Like that is always the death knell of these teams. Yep. Right. Is that Look they end the Cavs, up with man. no homegrown talent. They get totally oh, yeah. capped out. You know, and they have they have to go all in. And that's been that's been one of the interesting things about LeBron's trust in the organization compared to LeBron's trust at like in Cleveland or with Miami, they end up having to sign guys and trade assets and do things to sacrifice their future because they have LeBron James and they want to keep him happy. And he usually signs those one plus one deals mm-hmm. where he can opt out if he doesn't like what you're doing. Instead with the Lakers, he says, oh, I'm here. Keep me through. Yeah. Obviously he's older. So like there's, there's a risk there for him probably not to want to sign one plus one deals, but still there, that is a statement to say like, you know, you don't need to trade everybody. I believe in these young guys. I believe in the front office. You guys are doing it right. We also had a wider path than he had with the Cavs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. The Cavs had like a very narrow path to the finals and they, 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 you know, weaved that path once and they did it. Right. Mm-hmm. But 
I think that part of that, my, just my guess, is that like there were more ways to do it in L.A. And mm-hmm. the crazy thing is we did trade away like a lot of our yeah. future. Right. But what everyone didn't really realize is that like Jesse Buss is like a killer. And yeah, we had three or four other guys waiting in the wings, like ready to step up and be and legit NBA rotation guys, you know, and like mm-hmm. so LeBron could kind of make his demands, but still feel confident that he he wasn't just being left with a, a bare cupboard, you know, totally. And it, and I also think that there like, for example, the trade that we made to get Dennis Schroeder. Um, I think that there is a real premium and a difficulty to get on ball guys that are not negative defenders that are able to s- distribute and create their own shot. Yeah. Like those, those are really expensive players. Yeah. And somebody like Schroeder, young ones too. young ones too. Exactly. And so those are the things that you need to get through the draft and through trades. And then you can fill out with vet minimums, guys like Wes Matthews or, yeah. you know, Markeith. Markeef, exactly. Great, great example of, yep. Which is still crazy. That, that's <laughs> yeah, it's wild. To um, me. So, it's so all like, because of his brother. I'm a hundred percent sure. Yes. That well, power is like, uh, yeah, like, you know, yeah, he and he's been in Toronto, too. I'm I'm sure that wanting to go from the coldest place in the NBA to the warmest <laughs> place in the NBA without humidity is probably a where are they playing this year? The Raptors, uh, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay. Yep. Weird. I don't know why they didn't play in Buffalo. I just kind of thought that would make more sense. It's like basically the same place, you know, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, weird I, I guess okay um all right enough on tht we're very in on him it seems mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. um how about a new one this one's you know kind of hot off the presses only a day or so old um in or out kyle kuzma's extension man so in three year 40 million it? with a player option. 40 million yeah with a player option in 23 24 i think it's i think it's a very team friendly and fair contract where he's getting paid he's he's getting extended on his rookie deal so it's favorable for the team and um he gets to continue to develop i think that like it's a it's a good look too for people like uh caruso and tht who both have actually contracts coming up i think Mm -hmm. um because of some weird uh g league rules too i think that they actually are unrestricted free agents um yeah, Where, I don't know about Caruso specifically. I can look it up real quick. But Caruso he, is he, extension eligible right now. Okay, I know that he's extension eligible, but isn't there something like he if he if we don't extend him, I think he goes an unrestricted free agency because I, he was a two way. I think you're right about that. Um, but regardless, right like that. yeah, we should we should extend him early. Um, but I I just think that this is a good look for the rest of the guys to see like you know. Who's did the work? Who's got paid? But then remember, uh, remember how much Jordan Clarkson got paid? I think it was like a four year, sixty million or something like that. And Kuzma's that was way that poison pill deal. That Jordan was Clarkson, in my opinion, and just versatility size. The problem here's here's the here's the risk I see for a guy like Caruso, right? And then I'll get on Kuzma. We obviously love AC, right? AC's playing with Braun right now. I don't mean to take anything away from Algo. He in, as an individual, he's an outstanding basketball player. Seems like a great guy. I went on Mike and said that he is the best star, like Laker bench player ever, right? I'm on loving this guy. I think he's smart enough to know that his role on a non-LeBron team mm-hmm. might pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah, because he's doing, he does. But at the same time, like if he was on the right squad, like a Milwaukee or I don't know, like some team that, like it has some pretty good scoring options that he could just Dallas Dallas. That'd be a really good fit. Right. Yeah. But, but that, that's the, that's the thing though, is it's like, I, I think for him, it's like, Hey, I'm in LA. I'm on this team that loves me. Mm-hmm. I think as long as we're willing to pay him fairly, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and comparable, like not the same as Kuzma, but no, but something that makes sense given what we just paid Kuzma. Yeah. Right? right. I don't see why he doesn't come back. Yeah. Um, just real quick on just on on going back to I I I actually wouldn't be surprised if we see AC get extended mm-hmm. like today or tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> that that's my that's my hot take. Um, but anyways, I'm very in on this Kyle Kuzma extension for for all the reasons that you said. I had been texting in our group texts like the Lakers need to 
extend him now, yeah. right? Because I I think if we had waited until the the off season to try to re-sign him, I think he would have been fifteen million a year plus easily. Yeah, I, I agree. Because the the reality is is that a lot of the max players who are going to be available next season mm-hmm. have resigned Ooh, or point. extended. That's a good point. Right. Yep. And so I think that there are a lot of teams that have been holding on to cap space for this off season mm-hmm. who are going to have money to burn and like not a lot of actual real legit options to burn it on. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to drive up prices. And so I think a guy like Kuzma could have just because of the market yeah. demanded 15 mil plus. Oh, yeah. And those two, you know, two or three mil a year that could make a difference on a team like ours. That's going to always be fighting the cap for sure. You know, for sure. Absolutely. So um, I think this was a great move by Rob. I also, I like that they gave Kuzma the player option. Yep. I think that was respectful to him, right? It's like, hey, if, if in a couple years, for whatever reason, you're not in the role you want to be in, in on this team, mm-hmm. you can get out. Mm-hmm. I think that that was a super fair thing to do. I think it does right by the player. Mm-hmm. Very in on this. Yep. It's also very tradable. I don't necessarily yet. have a strong belief that we should or shouldn't trade kuzma at this point but it's a very tradable contract now yeah it it, yeah it's it's and it's it's realistic just because also like looking at where kuz's contract was before there was no way that you could get anywhere near equal value back on a three and a half million dollar a year contract for a big wing we would have had to bundle him with danny or someone else exactly and And so this you know this is kind of the best case scenario where it's a movable contract we didn't basically max the guy out, um, but, you know, he's happy. So we're, we're in a good spot. And, and we, we have like a, we actually have a really nice core for the next. Like, oh, yeah. And he's, he's gotten he's gotten a lot. I, I, I want to talk about him more when we move to preseason out, outside of in or out. But I, I, I think that Kuz projects really well this season, which is why I drafted him in my fantasy league. Nice. <laughs> nice. That, that Yeah, that was your saving grace from uh, yeah. from your picking of two Clippers. Clippers. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, my last thing on Coos is I just lost my train of thought, so we're going to move on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) maybe it'll come back to me. Um, okay. So next one, Luke in or out. This is a quote from Alex Caruso Mm -hmm. about this team's mentality going into this season and, and KCP mm-hmm. has said things similar to this, but this one was simple. So I liked it. So Luke in or out, we play to win. Four and oh in the preseason, baby. <laughs> Two come so from behind in. wins against the Suns. So well, I, I actually think that there is something to be said about like Suns are kind of an up and comer right now with Chris 100%. Paul. You know, they, they had one of the best off seasons, I, I think. Yes. And, uh, you see that squad. You remember like the second quarter of that third preseason game. I know this is kind of a deep cut. Most people don't even watch the preseason, <laughs> but like we, the starters were in and just yep. turned the screws on defense. And it was like last year when, when they were playing in the game six of the NBA finals, it was just like, you guys can't score anymore. It was and so just, beautiful. Just those little, those little moments just to be like, yeah, we're the defending champs. And, and I like seeing it from, you know, Braun to Dudley. If you're playing, go play to win and like that and that means like lebron played 20 25 minutes that's all good just play hard those 20 25 minutes yeah i would much rather that and then have the next guy up and like open up some spots for tht to be on ball or or keith or you know we have such a deep team we can be playing the 13 guys yeah. throughout the regular season i think we should yeah so. I, i'm totally on this play to win to me doesn't mean lebron and ad play 40 minutes a game no it's what no, you said. It's about so it's stupid. about the intentionality, the intensity, and the discipline that you play with when you are on the floor. Mm-hmm. And it's playing with a winning mentality. I love this because one of the things that one of my we're gonna talk about some of our concerns later on, but one of my concerns for the season more more broadly is again, you know, kind of alluded to it, we don't know the impact that COVID is going to have on yep. the season. Yep. It's already a shortened season, 72 games. Um We've only seen half the schedule so far, 
but th- there's a there's a genuine reality that like we might just lo- we might just have some games eliminated entirely from the schedule because of mm-hmm. because of delays due to positive test results or things like that. We're mm-hmm. in, we might have nights where where multiple guys can't play or multiple nights where guys can't play. Yep. We saw with the Clippers last year, you it's hard to bring a team into the playoffs that hasn't actually really played together in its final form very yep. much. And right. we faced that to some extent too. We brought in new guys right before the bubble, mm-hmm. but those guys totally. played a pretty minimal role. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I love this because the regular season is about building the right muscle memory, the right habits oh, yeah. that you figuring can then lineups. fall yep. back to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Figuring out the lineups. It's so that when you're grinding it out in a game six, mm-hmm. you're not having to figure it out as you go you're used to it. You know, the guys you're playing with, you're comfortable with them. You have chemistry. So for me, that comes from having the right intention, which is playing to win in the regular mm-hmm. season. And and I, I, I get that you need to, you know, like get your guys to the playoffs healthy and rested mm-hmm. and all that. Yep. But like we said, it's, it's, it's not about playing too many minutes. It's just about playing hard in the minutes you play. Totally. And if they, if they're going to rest, that's all good just the, totally you know it'd be but then I tht think, better play hard when he's yeah, totally. getting his chance I, I really think that this this season the way that we don't end up like the clippers from last year is less like in-game load management less like taking plays off don't be like james harden where it's like once he passes the ball he's done um and like it's the same thing with our, like our defensive mentality you can't really practice defense at a low intensity Right. It, it, it's like if you just try and you wait till the playoffs to play defense for the first time, it's not going to work. And I mean, that's what the Trailblazers did. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> um, all right, Luke, the next three, these are about our jerseys. We have a bunch of new jerseys for this season, which yeah. I mean, I guess kudos to Nike for being able to have new jerseys ready so quickly. It's their thing, a, man. Yeah. It's Oregon Ducks. <laughs> The one thing, I, yeah, it's true. Uh, I'm curious if they fix the yellow for this season. They said yeah. last year, pre-pandemic, mm-hmm. that they were going to take a look at what the what the right tone of yellow was for mm-hmm. these jerseys. I'm curious mm-hmm. if that got like kind of forgotten in the midst of maybe you know yeah. global mayhem. Um, yeah. uh, but anyway, so I want to get your take on the jerseys. So we've th- we have three new jerseys for this season, which is kind of crazy. Wild. Yeah. Um, First one, the Lakers City Edition jersey. This is the white jersey with light powder blue, uh, you know, logo and trim. This mm-hmm. is the Elgin Baylor jersey, right? Mm-hmm. As we continue kind of our lore series, in or out. It's kind of cool. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't, I don't love it. I wouldn't buy it, so I'll be out. Okay. What do you think? Um, in a vacuum, I don't love it. When I compare it to the Magic Johnson pinstripe jersey fair, fair. and the Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> yeah, like jersey from last year that we just yeah. ignored, we never wore it in the bubble ever. We just left it home. Yeah. I think this is probably the second best of our of our <laughs> yeah, lore that's, that's a good point. jerseys. <laughs> that's a good point. So I guess I'll be in on it. Um, yeah. This next one, though, is the one I, I'm actually most excited about. This is the Lakers yeah. Swingman jersey. Yeah. Um, this is the like royal blue jersey with the powder blue trim and it says Los Angeles in cursive. Like Kobe, this is the one that Kobe wore when he was number eight occasionally. Yeah. I think it's fire. I think it's great. Yeah, I'm I'm very in on this. This is the one that that all of Lakers Twitter wanted to be like the Crenshaw jersey. Yeah. Uh-huh. We're not putting Crenshaw on a jersey like just for mark <laughs> just just for like broad marketability. Like you want to be able to sell this to a lot of people. <laughs> There's only yeah. so many people who ride hard for Crenshaw, like, or even know what it is. Yeah, so I, no knock against Crenshaw, but just no, like, I, yeah, you got, it's it's the same I'm reason that Crenshaw, the Anaheim know. Angels are now the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, <laughs> right? You just got to sell right. more shit to more people. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm in on these. I think these are sick. I was hoping yeah, they'd bring these back. You know, these are really my favorite funny. like alternate throwbacks. Yeah, yeah, they're ever. they're definitely up there. Uh, yeah, I. I MLPS is pretty pretty sweet too. Um, I I think it'd be really funny if like we wore those jerseys and then I don't know if you saw the Miami Heat's earned edition that's basically like looks like a Lakers jersey. Yes, like yellow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be so it confused. Just would be funny if it was like, wait, what? Who's what team is who? Serious? Yeah. yeah. 
Some of those are bad, man. Like the yeah. I forget which one it is, but one of them just looks like Treadmarks got run over the team. Oh yeah, really bad. Um, yeah. Clippers definitely took some L's with their jerseys this year as well. <laughs> um, okay, cool last last, year. last one is this earned edition jersey. So this is the the special alternate jersey that only teams who made the playoffs get mm-hmm. for the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is sort of our new black jersey with kind of yellow and purple accents. Not the Mamba black jersey, but sort of a, mm. a different black jersey. Yeah, I think they're cool. Yeah, in. I, I'm 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 into. I mean, I'm always down for a black jersey, especially when yeah, we have LeBron, LeBron on our team. Exactly. Uh, but I'm glad that they went away from the the Mamba. I'm glad that they totally. made this one its own that thing. That was special. It should be that special. Was, yes, I I want that to to live in our memory and mm-hmm. only maybe be brought out for some really 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 special occasion, but. Mm-hmm. I think you can only damage the the goodwill yep. with that by pushing it too far. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, cool. A couple more, and then we'll move on. Uh, Luke, in or out? Jerry West is officially under the Clippers curse now. It's official. It's official. <laughs> well, why was this conversation recorded? Is what I want to know. I. How do you get I, caught on tape tampering, saying the Lakers are a shit show? You you would think You're that cursed, somebody that's would how. that's the curse. It's got you would think that somebody with that much experience and I don't know. I don't know, man. It it was it's foolish. Even if nothing really comes out of it, it's just a really bad look. And um yeah, I mean, like I understand, okay, Jerry, like you're you're mad at the Lakers. But you're still a Laker for life. You're still the logo. Like you still should Treat it with respect so you get respect back. But then to damage yourself in the eyes of all these Lakers fans, I just feel like that's it's just kind of sucks for his legacy, for you know, our relationship to him. And like it's just unnecessary, man. Like I mean, he also has a reputation of like probably being, if not the most effective NBA executive of the last twenty years, mm-hmm. one of them, with with oh, yeah. everything he did for the Lakers, everything he did for the Warriors. Yep. And now you know, bringing in Kawhi, like his record was sterling in terms of being oh, yeah. an NBA executive. This is certainly a bit of uh, tarnishing of that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't blame him for calling the Lakers a shit show. It was like, yeah, at that it point, was weeks yep. or months from from the point when Magic just like quit pregame in the tunnel. I'm not gonna be here. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we were kind of a shit show at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just like, don't get caught on tape saying that, you know. <laughs> um. Okay, last one, Luke, in or out, there can only be one celebrity tequila brand per NBA franchise. I'm out. I'm so out. I think that they're, <laughs> like, I, I would get the Jared Dudley tequila brand in a heartbeat. <laughs> okay, so let me ask, are you with Genie? Are you a mm-hmm. Sincoro mm-hmm. person? Or are you with mm-hmm. Braun and AD? Are you a Lobos tequila person? And you're playing, you're playing me against my two loves, man. Why can't she make a like a like a margarita with both well, little? Half this is and my half or... this is my point. This is my point. You can't have two. I'm worried that at some point they're gonna end up in like a market share battle. You know, and Jeannie's yeah, aligned who, who, with Michael Jordan. This is there's more here. This is also Sincoro is also Jordan's tequila brand. So it's kind of like oh, man. you've got Jordan and LeBron Still against Jack each other. I, I probably. He's probably the third point of that triangle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All great tequila runs the triangle. I just think it. that one of these two people needs to pivot to rum. That's that's where I I'm would, at. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, but like if if there's gonna be rum, it'd be Stephen Adams. Oh, okay, that's interesting. My buddy at, drink, at, yeah. at work uh, has been yeah. big on that. The next big thing is gonna be a celebrity rum. He's like, we haven't rum hasn't made a comeback in a while. <laughs> Like I would go with, I would uh, Lou Williams would be a good rum guy too. Like anybody that kind of looks like a swashbuckler. <laughs> yeah, Stephen Adams definitely wins the looks like a pirate contest. <laughs> Lou Williams just looks like the devil, like classy, well, think, classy devil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with his, you know, his facial hair and stuff. I, I get it. I get it. Um, so I just think. I'm going to go with Genie on this one. Okay. For the sole purpose of, I'd like LeBron to reduce his alcohol consumption a little <laughs> yes, bit. So true. <laughs> I, 
I have not seen him without a glass of tequila on camera in since <laughs> since he won the championship. And sometimes it's a bottle. Sometimes he's literally just walking around with a bottle of Lobos. Like my my man, you're gonna get like an open carry like <laughs> ticket or something for <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um all right, enough of that. So let's actually get into some of these things. Let's talk a little about the preseason. So uh, Luke, I want to let you cook on THT. Let me just read you yeah. his stats real quick, and then yeah, man, and then shoot. I want to hear what you think. So in the preseason, it's only four games, but THT, mm-hmm. Taylor Horton Tucker, averaged 20.5 points, 6.5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2.3 steals in 31.6 minutes per game. Uh, he also posted a 66.8% true shooting percentage while shooting 53.8% on threes. 26 and 3 in 30 minutes with 50 plus shooting from three. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Obviously that three point shooting percentage will probably come back down to earth. Um, but who knows? Uh, he, like he's such a rhythm player before, before I get to in the weeds with each of these individual players, I want to make one kind of global comment that I actually haven't been hearing on podcasts and stuff like that. But not, that this is like such a hot take or anything like that, but it's just, I think it needs to be said and and thought about throughout the entire player development portion of our podcast and this season all that kind of stuff um i remember on a zach Lowe podcast he was talking about when he talked to an nba player who played in the playoffs for the first time he said that was the hardest game of basketball i've ever played in my entire life and i have to do that again and again and again to like win a win a chip and then you think about like lebron he's he has the greatest experience of doing that again and again and again but i feel like in order for the game to slow down in order for you to take that next leap in player development you need to be playing at the highest level that means playing against guys that are playing as hard as they possibly can on defense and playing a team like the miami heat that really really grinds and tries to hit you as hard as they can on defense or a a team like like the nuggets where you're you're dealing with really interesting two-man games and pick and rolls and step back threes and all these kind of things that you have to contend with. Mm -hmm. I think, especially watching Kuzma's game and AD's game, and even a little bit of THT's game, I think that they're like, oh man, this feels like I'm playing against high school kids now because they're in the preseason, obviously. So it's like, it's nothing. But you compare that to THT when he subbed in and he was playing against the Rockets in like a crucial part of the game, they were really trying to get under his skin. He's like blocking shots, hitting step back threes, doing all these kinds of things that experience alone. And I'm so glad that Vogel had the foresight to give that to him. I think changes his experience of being on a basketball court. Cause he like, now he's been in the fire and now Anthony Davis is just, we saw what he turned into into the playoffs. I don't think that goes away. Like I understand that there's a different focus and intensity in the playoffs, but he saw what he can do against all of the best of the best trying their hardest against him. That just opens up a new gear. Everything gets slower at that point. A hundred percent. Yeah. It, it's, you know? it's the like, it's like if you always are giving, you know, 80% effort, but you realize mm-hmm. that a hundred percent is more than it used to be. You can mm-hmm. still only give 80%, it's like, uh, it's like it's after better. Goku goes Super Saiyan, base form is like stronger. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> but I feel I feel really like very strongly about that with Kuzma, especially is I watching Kuzma's footwork, watching his rhythm, the way the I feel like his shot release is quicker. All these other things where he's running off of screens, I think his stamina is better. Just like, and obviously they've been working with a great coaching staff too you know, breaking down film with Jason Kidd and Vogel and working with Phil Handy on, you know, cutting off of screens and, and yeah. like he has these little rhythm steps. One of the things that I think is interesting about Kuz is his feet are really light and like that's a blessing mm-hmm. and a curse. Like bigger guys like a PJ Tucker will push him off, but he's able to stay light on his feet. So like if he was guarding like a Brandon Ingram or some like kind of bigger wing, he's able to keep up because he's pretty, he's swift footed, but he's applying that to his jump shots now too. He's doing these little like weird like it's not just a hop step anymore. It's like a one, two, but like a little mm. bunny foot thing. Watch, <laughs> just watch for it. Next time he comes around the screen, especially like when he's on, on the baseline shooting a, shooting a rhythm three, he's doing these little hop things with his feet, which mm. like it's almost a travel, 
but it gets him right into <laughs> rhythm. So I'm like a little nervous about it, but it gets him into rhythm and his, his three point shooting percentage was awesome. I thought that's, in this that's preseason. Cool. I'll keep an eye out and for it. I don't think these are going away. I think the, I don't think these things are going away. Same thing with Marcus Saul. Like he's been there. He, like his his it, he just looks so slow. Like like there was one play where LeBron uh, and him did a like a pick and pop. LeBron got to the the um, free throw line, and before LeBron even passed on the ball, Marcus Saul was wiping his hands off on his jersey. He's you know <laughs> okay here comes three, grabs it, knocks it down. And it's just like that's what it looks like when you've been to the top and all of this just looks like kids i'm i'm yeah i mean i'm with you i think uh i don't really have a ton to add about tht the 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 i think you summed it up pretty nicely the thing i'll say i think that the biggest difference for me Mm -hmm. uh at least just in these preseason games has been the passing and the spacing yeah and i think that while sure we might lose some just like pure rim protection from not having Dwight and JaVale. My God, the spacing and the passing yep. that Marcus all brings is such a level up for us. Yep. And it unlocks these guys, right? Like we we've had some guys on the team who can be really, really good, pure off ball players. Mm hmm. Kuzma can be that, right? Mm-hmm. KCP can be that. Alex Caruso yeah. can be that. LeBron James loves being that, mm-hmm. right? But we mm-hmm. haven't really had anybody except for LeBron who can facilitate and unlock those guys. Rondo could in the playoffs, but mm-hmm. refused to be a good basketball player in the regular season. Mm-hmm. And the thing, like, I, I'm watching Mark and, like, I'm getting these shades of Andrew Bogut. <laughs> totally. With those totally. screens where it's he just on. sticks his ass out on the guy, like that's going over the screen, uh-huh. and I, oh my god, he's just letting it, like guys are just so free. So yeah. I think that Kuzma is going to really benefit from that. I think Kuzma in oh, yeah. particular is the guy who I think is really going to benefit from that. Um, I agree. I agree. The other thing there is on Kuz, just to kind of go to him real quick, mm-hmm. and uh, I think Anthony Davis said something about this, which is that. Kuzma's role in the team has been different every year. Yeah. Except this year. Yeah, it's true. I'm excited for him to be able to settle into the role that he found in, in the playoffs and, and maybe expand mm-hmm. that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm excited for him to be able to, to, to look at, look at his game and say, okay, look, I'm a guy who needs to be able to, to somewhat lock down like big perimeter wings. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to cut and slash and run off screens and hit mm-hmm. spot up jumpers and be ready to make crafty, smart cuts to the basket. When I see his passing, man, he's gotten a lot better at passing. He, totally. Totally. So I'm just, I, I'm, I'm excited for him to know what his game is supposed to be on this team. Yep. And I think that to me, that's what we saw in the preseason was his shooting mm-hmm. numbers got back to where they used to be. And mm-hmm. I think that's just a matter of like him knowing where he needs to be. And knowing who he's totally. supposed to be on this team and, and what his role is. So I'm totally super excited I, for him. I think he's better off the move too. Like I was talking about with the, those like r- little rhythm steps and stuff is, you know, he was, he's been asked to be the stand in the corner guy. That's not. His and game. now he's getting a little bit more fluid. And I, I assume he's going to get more playing time too this season just because he's younger and yeah, he's got more to prove. Uh, yeah, so. I would hope so. Yeah, um, I think he will. Let's talk a little bit about Anthony Davis. I want to read you some Anthony yeah, Davis stats that I think are so scary to the, mm-hmm. to the rest of the league. And mm-hmm. it's small sample size to be sure. But if it's indicative yeah. at all of what we're about to get out of him, mm-hmm. oh man, the whole league should just pack it up. Yeah. Um, so this is, um, this is just a direct quote um, from a writer named uh, Joven Buha. From the athletic, he was formerly covering the Clippers. He actually announced today that he's now on the Lakers beat. So welcome, huh. Jovan. Um, he's been working with Bill Oram and the team yeah. there. Not <laughs> that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a quote from from his article today, which which I thought was really really good. Um, quote: A thirty five point outing is no longer remarkable for Davis, which Luke you've been saying for a long time. Mm. Mm-hmm. But his performance in Friday's preseason finale against the Suns was noteworthy in that he made a career-high six three-pointers. His previous <laughs> yeah, high was, was four in both the regular season and the playoffs. More impressive was that Davis, 
who was assisted on 98.6% of his threes in the regular season and 91.3% of them in the postseason created his own shot on four of the makes. Or, written another way, in, in, this, po- in this preseason game on Friday, was only assisted on 33% of his threes. When Davis is making step-back threes off a ball screen like this, he's literally unguardable. Mm-hmm. End quote. Completely agree. Dude, Completely he, agree. he looked like a seven-foot Kobe. Yeah. It did. was wild. And that's why I was getting mad at you and Alex <laughs> for thinking that Giannis and Luca are the better cornerstones from a franchise, agreeing with the rest of the GMs who don't know. You, you watch AD, man. You know. Okay. For the record, <laughs> for the record... I said Luca, then AD. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Then Giannis. Yeah. That's and fair. my that's fair. my my big reason was not because I thought Luca was a better player. It was because of mm-hmm. the role that he fits and his age mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. young he is. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair. Fair. All right. I'm just saying, man. I and I'm not not trying to drag you. I'm trying to drag Alex because he's still yeah. That's, that Alex deserves to be dragged the, on this one. He's the best player in the league, and if you're gonna pick one player to start a team, you'd pick Giannis. I completely disagree i think it's anthony davis because you have to project what he's going to be like if he can if he can shoot better than luca which i think he can and i think he's proving and if he can also create his own shot drive and kick post up my god and he's he's the best defender in the world who can guard on the perimeter and in the interior like who has like maybe five guys in the whole league that you wouldn't feel comfortable with him guarding like Come on, man. That's, that's no, next no, level I, stuff. I, I, I agree. I think if, that listen, his comp listen, if, now if, is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Listen, if this, if this is what he is this season, if what we saw yep. in the preseason out of him in small sample size translates mm-hmm. into what he is in the regular season, mm-hmm. I, then I think your argument is 100% correct. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm, the, I'm the, the knock on Giannis is that like he still can't really get his outside shot. No, he just barrels, no. barrels down, right? The, yep. Like I was watching these Davis clips this morning. Mm-hmm. His post-game, I know I just said he looks like a seven-foot Kobe, but his post-game in mm-hmm. particular is where I think he looks like Kobe or Michael because yeah, they had, they basically yeah. had the identical identical post-game. Yeah. He's so quick to, to, to back someone down and then face up and jump over, like shoot over them. Mm-hmm. But unlike those guys, he's like a foot taller than yeah. whoever's defending like him or six inches right. taller than him, right? Yeah. Um, but his – I watched those – I watched all of his uh, – his, um, unassisted threes from that game on Friday. Mm-hmm. They look like James Harden or Steph Curry pull-ups, man. Straight up, man. Straight up. It, it's just like he he dribbles up and shoots. <laughs> like just <Yeah. laughs> like kind of looks around for a second and then pulls. <laughs> and, yeah. And it was pure. And it was like I was watching and I was like, holy shit! Like if he can if he can like. He, he is literally unguardable in that if, if that's what he can do because mm-hmm. you because you have to then close out on him and if you close yeah. out on him he can blow by you well remember how unguardable Dirk was in his championship run yes yes and then do you remember how unguardable LeBron was the following year well imagine if lost in the Dirk finals? was actually willing to be physical with people <laughs> right <laughs> I know that's what we're seeing man so yeah it, like I don't know I think that AD is going to earn his due I don't think that I think that people are still thinking that he was riding sidekick, even though they saw the playoffs. Like, I don't know. I, I there was plenty of arguments for AD to have been the MVP of the Lakers until the finals. So yeah, I mean, I don't even think that's a hot take. I feel no, like it's even not. LeBron not. would probably agree. So, like, he's growing. He's getting better. He projects to be otherworldly. And like, like, like this guy was saying, thirty-five point outing is no longer remarkable how many guys can you say that for Harden, and especially or two two ways Harden and Curry Harden basically and, I know but Harden and Curry but can they either of them guard not really <laughs> like Harden can when he feels like it but just doesn't feel yeah, like it very often in certain Curry, positions Curry can against the right matchup but most of the time right. he's outside he's oversized he's outmatched physically. and then like AD is one of the only players that I've ever seen win games with defense yes. not just like oh, wow, he's really great. It's like, no, yeah. he just shut down the best player again and again and then got a game-winning block. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah, the game-winning block was something that I really had to get used to last year. Yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> it's, it's especially nuts when he doesn't just block, he grabs it. 
Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny because normally, like, normally pre pre having Anthony Davis on the team, if mm-hmm. like we had a one point lead or a two point lead, and mm-hmm. the other team had the ball with for the last possession, I was like, oh fuck, I was like sweating. Yeah. Right, I was like, oh god, right. all I have to do is like get a basket. Mm-hmm. Now I'm I'm kind of like like if we score if we if we take a lead you know take a one possession lead with like mm-hmm. ten seconds left or something, mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying we're going to win, but I think our mm-hmm. chances of, of Anthony Davis getting stop are just about as high as our team scoring if we had the ball in the last 10 seconds and needed to score to win the game, right? Like, I, yep. I, I think the outcome is pretty comparable, so. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. It's, this is a pretty stupid team, man. Like, just looking at, not, and not trying to base too much off of the preseason, but just looking down the whole roster, we got two six men of the year plus what we had last year and Danny Green's uh, negative jujus off the team. <laughs> Appreciate all that he did. Also, he missed the shot. I mean, uh, Jovan in his article kind of touched on this and I thought it was a uh-huh. great point. Like, we also really had, like, Schroeder and Harrell have to, like, develop chemistry. Like, we, we didn't yeah. actually see a whole lot of their pick yeah. and roll. Um, mm-hmm. Which, I kind of have two thoughts about this. Mm-hmm. One is... It could just be a matter of they didn't play a ton together and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's just going to take time for the two of them to get into rhythm with one another. Mm-hmm. The other option is that we might, and I think actually I would prefer this, we might not run back the Clippers strategy of just like having some weird, no, like I agree. Harold pick and roll be our, be our bench offense. Yeah. I so I'm, I think we'll see it in moments and in spots and maybe if we need to get Mm -hmm. things going or if guys are hurt or whatever but i don't think it's going to be the foundation of our bench offense and i think that's a good thing Mm -hmm. yeah harold is a really interesting player in terms of how he fits because i I think that this team is a championship team without him adding him in and he's an 18 point per guy point per game guy how does he get his shots he, luckily, he's really athletic and he's really good at like floaters, close shots, in addition to being in the dunker spot and running pick and roll and stuff. So I think that there's, I, I just think he's got to really expand his inside rebounding game, um, which is there, but needs to get, get better at, and his passing game. And if he can do those two things, like. My biggest thing on him is um, his biggest weakness is like mid range jumpers. Yeah, totally. So there were a couple possessions where. I saw him run, I saw them run a pick and roll for him, like, like mm-hmm. kind of at like the top of the key, but, but inside the three point line, mm-hmm. I got the, from the, like around the, the free throw line. Mm-hmm. And it was a pick and pop that kind of gave him like a 16 foot jumper. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, and he missed, he yeah. like bricked all those shots. Yeah. And part of me was just like, that's not his, that's not the game we need that's to run with game. him. No, that's not his game. Like that's that's yeah, totally. absolutely like he needs to be crashing the boards, absolutely. diving, not totally. not and, popping out from 15, 16 feet. Like that's no, no. And in transition, yeah, he's going to be yeah. devastating in transition. So there's there's a there's definitely a big role for him. That's just going to be an interesting thing to watch because it's like the least obvious. Like a guy like um, Ibaka would have made more sense just obviously, but at the same time, Harold's younger. And gives you something else. So it's another body that's going to put pressure on the rim. And he's obviously he's really, really talented. It's just how do we like implement that? It's a puzzle. It's going to be fun to watch. Also, I'm not saying I want this, but mm-hmm. potentially tradable. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying I want that, but it's mm-hmm. we didn't have a whole lot of tradable assets. Mm-hmm. And we've got quite a few now. And, and he, he is one of them. Totally. So. And, he, and also he opens us up to Sid AD or even yeah. with this team could even, I think could run, do some games like without LeBron and AD and still win. Oh, totally. Especially against like, like the worst opponents. Uh huh. And a back to back or. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I'm really hoping that we get a lot of fourth quarters off for LeBron and AD. Really hoping that that is the case. Be nice. I want to see um, some. I want to see some stupid like sixty-one points and three. Points. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Anything else on things you saw in the preseason? Any particular players or anything of note? No, I think I think that um, 
you touched on it well. I like I like Wes's uh, defensive intensity. Um, I think he slots in really easily. Um, yeah, Schroeder and and Harrell. That those are kind of the real wild cards in terms of how their offense and identity fits into this team. Um, I'm really excited to see what an actual fourth quarter lineup looks like mm-hmm. in a tight game that we want to win. Um, just because obviously you don't see that in the preseason at all, and that's my biggest question mark about this team is like you you have lebron and ad and then you could slot in like there's probably like six or seven other guys that you could slot in for a, like a very good fourth quarter closing lineup what's our death lineup i have no idea and i don't know if the coaching staff has any, has any idea either and that's kind of fun like that that gives us something to do this regular it's not just like punting to the offseason like like a team like uh kobe and shack in the third year of their three-peat where it's just kind of like can we just fast forward this instead there's like there's something to work through. There's an identity to be built. There's lineups to be figured out. And that, that's like really what I'm most looking forward to even more than record, even though I, you know, obviously I want us to win as many games as possible and come out number one in the West. Cause maybe we'll have home court advantage and COVID vaccine will be a thing and we'll all be able to go. But um, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm most excited for in this regular season, just to see what are the combinations? How does this permute? Yeah, I, I think, I think that the closing lineup, I think that the death lineup is these four guys, and I don't know who the fifth is. I think it's obviously LeBron and Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's Kuzma and Caruso. Mm. Yeah. This year. And I don't know who the fifth is. I think it could be Wes. Uh, Schroeder, though, is, like, really clutch. I, the guy really turns it on at the end of games. Me too. So he could for sure be the fifth guy in that, in that lineup. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think the thing that I... I'm nervous about with him in the closing lineup mm-hmm. is that I want the ball in LeBron James's hands at the end of a That's game. That's fair. He plays pretty well off ball though. Like, like uh, when he was with OKC, you know, the ball was usually in Chris Paul's hands at the end of that, but then Schroeder would get the final shot and he was really clutch. Totally. So, so I'm cool with that. I, I hear you. I hear you. I'm cool with that. Um, I'm just having another point guard. All right. Like so just lastly, let's touch on kind of what we're looking forward to. Um, mm-hmm things to keep an eye out for so uh luke what do you expect from the team out of the gates dude i want to see harold just destroy the clippers i think that's the <laughs> number one thing that i want to see tomorrow or is it tonight yeah tomorrow night what day is it tomorrow night tuesday tuesday, tuesday night i don't know if we're gonna get tuesday. this up today or tomorrow but it's tuesday yeah. night sweet we're recording yeah, this i want to i want to see out of the gate i want to see harold mess up his former former team and uh i want to see 80s shooting strides continue um i'm hoping for a little one-on-one lebron mm. Kawhi, just because mm. it's always it's just fun yeah i don't know yeah regardless of what happens it's fun to to see i want to and i also want to see paul george just like clank it off it. his side of the backboard <laughs> <laughs> but it's a regular season so he's probably gonna go for like 35 so um uh, yeah all right so what i yeah i don't know if this is what i expect to see but what i want to see what I really want to see is Anthony Davis maintaining what we saw him do in the bubble, right? I, yep. I want him to, to to show up early and be like, yeah, I'm that guy. I'm still that mm-hmm. guy. That was an aberration. Here I am. This is what you're going to get from me from now on. The other thing I really want to see is I want to see Caruso cement his place. Nice. I yeah. think that there's a risk with new guys and all that kind of stuff. Uh-huh. That he could kind of start to slip down the rotation a little bit mm-hmm. and have to kind of like earn his minutes back. Yep. I hope that Vogel like implicitly trusts him up front and says, hey, like you're going to you're going to maintain your role to some degree. And then we'll tinker with it. Right. And I might need to bring I might need to scale it back if, if you're not if you're not doing it or, you know, if we need to find a different spot for you or something. But I hope that um I hope that he's kind of earned that from the, from the jump. That's my hope. Me too. Yeah. And I don't mean as a starter, but yeah, yeah. A, but as a potential starter in the same way that like Keith is and all these, yes. most of yes. these players, honestly. Yes. Are... Yeah. Um, how about this? What has you most excited? We already, we already talked about it. I mean, I'm most excited, obviously about Anthony Davis. That's number one. Um, the, the next thing that I'm most excited for is the Marcus Hall, uh, Kyle Kuzma connection. And if Kuz can get his shooting numbers up just cause that, is going to change the world for our team if, if Kuz is draining threes and is able to be a competent de- defender. And then the next most exciting thing um, 
is is THT, which is funny to say, but he's just fun to watch. And he plays like he plays like I play 2K. Like I, <laughs> I when I, I always create a my player and I like like my currently and this is before the preseason, my 2K21 my player is 6'4 like 200 ish pounds maxed out his wingspan and he's like a finisher passer. He like can't shoot at all. He just finishes and he passes. And like, I'm watching THT and like, yeah, that's basically what I do. And I put up like 50 to 70 points with like 30 assists every game on 2k. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that's exactly. We probably play, make the same my player. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm excited for, I'm excited to see if he goes from garbage time to like, you know, 10 minutes a game and, and actual rotation. And then if eventually he ends up in the, like, yeah, I give him the ball, let him work. Uh, everyone else is going to sit down, but we're still going to be, you know, keeping Stay the afloat. lead yeah. just because of offensive power, firepower. So that, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping and projecting. Uh, yeah. I think for me, it's, it's, it's the Anthony Davis stuff. If he, yeah. if he can actually create his own shot from the perimeter off the dribble this year, it's just over it, like it's oh, yeah. just it's just over like it's done like pack it up mm-hmm. send us that louis vuitton case with the with the trophy in it like just <laughs> no need to put anyone's life at risk just call it that's that's what i'm most excited about too. um all right well, on the other hand what has you most concerned uh freaky injuries totally like that's every season I, i'm yeah. glad that we're deep you know, if we do get injuries, hopefully they're they're minor. We will get injuries, but like hopefully they're minor and nothing that's like a season ending thing or keeps you out multiple months or anything crazy like that. I think that the team is deep enough to be able to weather some storms for sure. But um, just hoping that everybody makes the playoffs healthy and makes it through the playoffs healthy and we're able to kind of see who the best team is. Um, then the, the next thing that is most concern, concerning is just the Schroeder Harrell fit and they're young and they're talented and they want to get minutes. Yeah. And I just hope that they don't mess with chemistry like we saw a little bit of that with Schroeder demanding to be a starter and stuff it's just kind of like don't rock the boat so much guys we're back to back but at the same time there's something good about that kind of adds some like hunger hungry. to the team yeah yeah there's less so, there's not know, gonna be complacency no but I'm still concerned like yeah. I, I'd be lying if if it wasn't like a ugh, I don't know because the team was just so tight and yeah and even through the down times where there we had little slumps and stuff last season they it didn't let it it wasn't like the Clippers, let's just no, say. No, they hung together for sure. I want to add one more thing to what has me most excited, which is yeah. the prospect of like a live in-person championship parade after next season. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because I think that that might be, be possible. Just, be amazing. just maybe. Um, what has me most concerned, uh, first and foremost, is is how like the remainder of the COVID experience is going to impact the season. Yeah, it's true. It's right. Point. Obviously, I'm nervous just for like people's health and well-being, um, first and foremost, but also just like how that could impact the team and the rotations and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it, it again, it's first and foremost, it's like the players and their families and like the staff and everyone's well-being that like I just hope everyone's OK. And they're certainly at more risk, I think, than they were when they were in the bubble. Um, I think the NBA probably wishes they weren't starting their season back in the middle of like the worst spike of this whole thing. Uh, after doing such an amazing job through the through the summer and, and fall handling this but um aside from that yeah i'm with you it's it's harold to be honest more i'm actually more worried about harold than Schroeder. um i'm worried that he could be a locker room disruption if his role isn't like it if it if it just doesn't click and he ends up not really having a big role on the team and markeith is getting more of those minutes and mark is getting more of those minutes i'm just worried that he could kind of start to like get under people's skins and agitate and, and create some tension. So uh, that's my biggest concern. I really hope we can find a a role for him early so that he can get comfortable and, and Mm -hmm. uh, feel like a part of the team and not, not feel the need to like, you know, vent to meet the media or anything like that. Totally. And also, I guess like to be fair to him though, the Clipper situation, like he, that was his team. And then, Paul George and Kawhi 100%. came to it, hundred you know, percent. In this way, he's coming to a team, so I think there's a little bit of a different mentality. And like he and LeBron are tight and stuff. I don't know, but I, Davis loves still his chains. <laughs> they they have they've had some really funny like like off season posting together and stuff. Which yeah, Davis is like amazing. obsessed with his jewelry. He like yeah. he like thinks 
Trez's chains are like the coolest thing ever. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I think it's going to be OK, but I still think there's, it's valid. It's a valid concern. Yeah, that's the only real personnel concern. I have. And hopefully Duds is able to hold it together, man. Like I, I, I like yeah. I actually think his value is is pretty high in, in that in that regard. Mm hmm. So, uh, okay. Last thing. So as of 9:43 a.m. when I checked on mybookie.com, uh, actually I think it's mybookie.au because it's like it's like a not you know it's gambling in the U.S. Um, uh, but um, Lakers are currently plus 250 to win the championship. Bucks are second at plus 600. Uh, we have a 47 and a half regular season wins over under which is about the equivalent of 54 games in an 82 game season, right? It's a 72 game season this year. So again, 250 to win the title were the favorite over under is 47 and a half in a 72 game season. Um, what is your prediction on, on both of those things? Um, yeah, I'm going to go Lakers win, but I think that uh, the nets are going to be the team coming oh. out of the East. I think they're going to uh, flame depending. out. That's my, I think that yeah, they might. Kyrie's going to burn down the stadium with his sage and <laughs> they're gonna <laughs> you know what i hope happens i want to see i think like harden on the heat or something would be crazy mm. just because i don't think he fits the culture at all not at all and that would be so fun to see going somewhere that would be actually deadly. be strong enough to like kind of break him a little bit yeah but then he might actually become like the player that we all think he could be and then yeah. like it one of the things that kills me about Harden is like he's obviously one of the best basketball players, but I just hate watching the way that he plays. But I also think the way that he plays is a product of the system and like the coaching and what he was yeah. asked to do. So I can't completely blame it on him. He's like he's just such a he's like most millennials, dude. man. We just we can't we can't blame <laughs> them. They were coddled. We were we were coddled. You know who who can blame us for getting bored of our jobs every year and a half. They just give you a raise. Then He's no different than the rest of us. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I think we're gonna. I, you know, I, I do think the Lakers are gonna win the championship this season. I think that they got oh, more yeah, more better than every yeah. other team that also got better. And yeah. until I see some sustained success out of the Nets, I'm not worried because they're still mm -hmm. opting to play DeAndre Jordan as their mm -hmm. starting center, which is the dumbest thing right. ever. Uh, given the rest of their team. And sure. I think that like Kyrie and Karis Levert and Spencer Dinwiddie are going to hate each other within a matter of weeks. Yep. And KD is going to start subtweeting with his burner accounts. And like, I just, yeah, I, until I see them not do that, like, yep. I'm not convinced that they're going to be able to, to hold it together. Also, like I want to see Kyrie play a whole season without like another plate being put somewhere in his leg. Hmm. Yeah. Um, at what this about point, uh, 76ers? So I don't think that this is the final version of the 76ers. I, I don't think that. Yeah, I agree. I don't think that Daryl Moore is done. Uh, I think something will change. Um, I, I still think the Bucks are probably the favorite in my mind, which I mean mm. is what Vegas is saying. Um, mm -hmm. They would still be my my favorite. Um, in terms of the over under, I'm actually going to like pound the over on this one, man. Mm -hmm. Uh we won 54 games, 52 games, something like that last season. And guess how many mm -hmm. games we played last season? Mm. 71. So we basically played a 70, you know, 71 game season last year and we won 50 plus yeah. games. I actually yep. have a lot of faith in the Lakers in being mm -hmm. one of the teams who can be disciplined in regards to like personal health yeah, and too. safety. Yep. Um, I think that there's a like I think that LeBron's leadership is a big part of that. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't think he's going to put up with guys like messing around and putting his championship at risk. Um, so, yeah, I think I think certainly I think we're the favorite to win it. And I would say I'm I would be very confident that we would win more than 47 and a half games, assuming no massive injuries or anything like that. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. So, Luke, there it is. First game we're recording on a Monday. I don't know when we'll get this up. But first game is either tomorrow or Tuesday, depending upon when you're listening uh at 7 p.m against the clippers uh and then also we finish out the week playing at the mavericks and the t-wolves on friday and sunday so i can't believe it's already back i i was so certain when we were podcasting at the end of last season that like mm -hmm. it was going to be months 
and months and Me months, too. maybe in six yep. months before we saw basketball again, that the fact that we're back already is, I mean, it's great for my entertainment purposes. We'll see how it works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy, the turnaround. And I just hope that our guys get enough rest and, uh, and I think they will. I think we're deep enough to be able to make that happen. So it's going to be fun. I, I'm really excited for uh, Christmas basketball and uh, um, I'm excited to go on that ride. And I want to thank all our followers. I uh, invite you to go on that ride with us. Um, invite you to subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, wherever you get your pods. And check us out on social media at LukeWaltonTalksLakers.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And yeah, it's going to be it's going to be interesting. Nothing else. There's going to be a another weird season yeah hopefully we're gonna, not as weird as last one we have a lot of back-to-backs against the same team i think that'll be super yep. interesting I, all i want playoffs. is some tht Kawhi one-on-one mm-hmm. tomorrow night that's what oh i want my God. just clear it out let him go man to man and then i want tht to dunk over him and be points. like i'm 20 oh. bitch and <laughs> <laughs> call it in love it all right john see you Talk buddy to you. Thank you, Zoom.